Kenneth, are you going to stay there and play for my whole sermon? No, I'm, 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 you ain't ready for that yet. All right. <laughs> this, this ain't black church. Right, right. I yes. always wanted to give it a try. Yeah, I can. But and then know. we could get the choir, too. Would be, yeah. Now you're talking. I could do some <laughs> preaching then. Oh, that's fun. Kenneth, thank you. I appreciate Kenneth so much. He's come into our community and loved uh, so well, and I'm so grateful for him and uh, just what he means uh, to our church family, for me personally and as a neighbor. I, I love and appreciate Pastor Kenneth and his wonderful wife, Cherie, not to be forgotten. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about help. Uh, if you are anything like me, you're really bad at asking for help. I've done some foolish things in my life because I refused help. We have a uh, gigantic window air conditioning unit. It weighs over 100 pounds. And I want to exaggerate just how heavy it is so you know how impressive it is that I've always removed it and added it to the window by myself. I can't walk for three days after I do it, but, you know, I, I don't ask for any help. I am very much a three-year-old when it comes to things. You know how the three-year-olds go. They're getting the sense of independence, and suddenly they say, I do it by myself, right? Who's ever heard it? Who's ever said it, right? We all said it at one point or another. I'll do this by myself. I don't need anyone. I have wrestled with uh, Psalm 121 for uh, the last few weeks. I really, I read it in our, our daily devotional reading, and the, the message of it really resonated with my heart because I feel like I am always wrestling with where does my help come from? Where do I get help if I'm even willing to ask help? And here's, here's where I've really stumbled. The psalmist, we're not 100% certain who wrote Psalm 121, but he asked this opening question, where does my help come from? And as I think about myself and my independence and my just sort of American citizenship and how I sort of function in the world, I realize that I don't even need Psalm 121. I don't use it. I don't. I don't look anywhere for help. I am selfish enough and independent enough that I really have no purpose for it. Where does my help come from? Well, my help comes from me. I'll help myself. And I realize that there's a sort of thread through my life where I realize I'm wrestling with some things and there, there are some things driving the car that shouldn't be putting it in motion. And here's what I mean. We have these phrases, these things that we say that sort of sound good, but they're really not true. We have these things that we say like, God helps, help me out here, God helps those who help themselves. Is that in the Bible? No, but do we use it and believe it and make other people live according to it? Or we say, pull yourself up by your, well, what if you don't have any boots? That there are people so helpless in the world that they don't have the necessary things. What do we do about them? But we have these things driving the, driving the car. 
these sort of motivations, these sort of outlook, this worldview that says, I'm going to be independent of anyone. The only reason why we need anyone's help today is if we can share their Netflix password. That's it. Outside of that, Disney Plus maybe, share that around. What do we need others for? So I, I virtually have no use for Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? Well, my help comes from me. My help comes from my own independence. We, we take our independence so seriously that we don't want to put anyone out. Because if we asked anyone for help, heaven forbid, you know, that we ask someone for help. That would be a sign of weakness, our own brokenness. So at the onset of Psalm 121, I would just ask the question, do we have any use for it? Do we want help? We don't know who wrote it. It's speculated that it was written um, when the Babylonian captivity was in place. And so that's important uh, because they would have uh, went to Jerusalem still for worship. They allowed worship, but under Babylonian empire, there would have been multiple influences of worship and allegiance. There would have been gods everywhere. There would have been multiple forms of religion because when when Babylon came, they didn't necessarily say you can't do um, your worship, but you're going to do it on our terms and when we allow it. And so there's still this tension that Israel needs to have their faith and their loyalty to God. And there's this question then that's sort of looming in his heart, and he looks up to the mountains. And when we look to the mountains, and maybe like you've done a trip to Tennessee and you've just spent time there and you look up to the mountains, the mountains we have this beautiful perspective of mountains. It's just God's beauty. It's God's creation. There's something uh, awe-inspiring about mountains. And so maybe we, when we read Psalm 121 and we, we, we read, I look to the mountains, where does my help come from? We sort of, we sort of maybe think about God. But uh, investigations into the text would help you see that perhaps what he's looking at when he says, I look to the mountains. He's, he's not looking to the grandeur of God and his creation. Instead, he's looking to the mountains and he sees foreign gods, Asherah poles and perhaps Baal and other, uh, other gods, perhaps the moon god and the sun god and all of these other gods that have been scattered on the mountains. And so when he looks to the mountains, he's looking up towards the sky, and he sees all of these other gods, and he's asking the question, where does my help come from? Will it come from the moon or, or the sun god? Will my help come from Baal or Asherah? Where will my help come from? It's this question about loyalty and allegiances. It's this question about worship and what god will really truly help this person in their time of need. Where does the help come from? It's a really interesting thing happening there, if you think about it. What God would you put on our mountains? And here's what I've realized. We may, we may not put gods on our mountains to worship. Here's who we put there. We put ourselves. 
We put our desires, we put our will, we, what, we put what would make us happiest, we put what would fulfill us, we put all sorts of things that just simply don't belong there. And so we look to the mountains, and the mountains that have our gods on top of them are the gods of self, the gods of satisfaction, the gods of sexual pursuit, the gods of all of these sort of things that just sort of seeks to gratify what's within ourselves. And so the question is, the question is, when we look to the mountains and we look to the gods of this age and we ask the question, where will our help come from? Where will it? The God of self who seeks to pursue whatever it is that would make us the most happy. You're all giving me a very serious look, like I'm stepping on your toes a little. Maybe it's real that we really have a hard time looking outside of ourselves. I look to the mountains, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from him. And there's this grand redirect. It's not the gods of the mountains. It's not the gods that we've set up up for ourselves in our world that draw our love and draw our worship and get our greatest attention. No, it's this God who has made everything. It's the maker of heaven and earth. And our text just sort of beautifully reminds us where our help does come from. That he will not let your foot slip He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor will the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. The psalmist looks to the mountains and he sees the moon God and the sun God and he says, I know the one who created them. And that same psalmist would look at us today and he would say, I know the image in which you were created and you are a reflection of God and his goodness. And your help will come from the one who created you. Your help will come from one who has laid his life down for you. And so my invitation to you today is to look to a different mountain. My invitation to you today is to look to a different mountain with a different God who's standing on it. I invite you to look at the mountain of Sinai where Moses ascends and he's there meeting with the Lord God in the burning bush. I invite you to ascend the mountain with Jesus Christ who's standing on the mountainside of the Sea of Galilee who preaches a sermon that says that you have nothing to worry about. Because the creator of the heavens and the earth has cared for the grass and cares for the birds and he's caring for you and you have nothing else to worry about because the maker of heaven and earth knows who you are and he cares deeply for you. And he's ready and he's willing to be your help. Whether you ask for it, actually I think you do need to ask for it. I invite you to see another mountain with another God. Jesus who ascends a mountain and there's the mountain of his transfiguration 
I invite you to see the splendor and glory of Jesus on the mountainside who has transfigured and the light shines and we hear a voice from heaven that says, this is my son who is lo- who, whom I love and I am, I am well pleased. I invite you to ascend the mountain and look to the mountain of Jesus Christ of his transfiguration and I invite you to ascend the mountain of his humiliation in Golgotha. To see this God who is broken, to see this God who is humiliated, who not only is transfigured in the splendor of heaven, but is humiliated into the abyss of death. He has come to be your help. He has come to care for you. He is the maker of heaven and earth. This Jesus Christ is both Lord and Messiah, creator of heaven and earth, and he laid his life down for you. Be an ever-present help to you. I look to the mountain of Jesus Christ, crucified, and I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. How do we ask for this help? I know you guys are all fine and you're going to be fine on your own. You don't need them, right? That's not true. (laughs) As As much as that sort of driving force has been moving us forward, we need to shed those things and we need to start asking the real question, do we need help? If anything has, uh, you know, 2020 and 2021 and, and moving forward, it seems like I need to remember where my help does come from. My sort of fierce independence isn't going to get me very far. I know I'm strong enough to carry an AC unit. And, you know, I know I can do that, right? God's going to, like, have me trip down the stairs on the way out, right? It's that fierce independence that we've all sort of stumbled forward and we have to ask this real genuine question. Do we have a use for Psalm 121? Do we want the Lord's help? How do we get his help? And I think we ask. And when we ask God for help, what we are doing is a prayer. We are simply saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you in this moment. Lord, I need you in my marriage. Lord, I need you in my work. Lord, I need you in caring for my kids. Lord, I need you just to get me through this next step. Lord, I need you each and every day. Lord, I need you. And if you would just start your day with, Lord, I need you, how much better would it be? That you wouldn't ride through this whole thing all on your own strength, but you would know that there is a God who has ascended a mountain that you would fix your eyes on him. And so then we join together with the disciples who ascend the mountain at the, uh, went before Jesus' ascension. And Jesus gives them the instructions to go and make disciples. And he says, I'm with you to the very end. We join with Stephen who looks up into the heavens and sees Jesus at the right hand of God. We, see, uh, we join with John who looks to the heavens and sees Jesus as the lamb who was slain, who is risen and resurrected and reigning over the heaven and the earth. 
We look beyond the mountains and we look heavenward and we fix our eyes on Jesus who's the author and perfecter of our faith. We fix our eyes on him who is our help. And so when we ask the Lord God to help us, we are asking the one who knows of our deepest grievances, our deepest sadness and regrets. He knows our suffering. He knows our pain because he's ascended the mountain and he's descended it. Because we celebrate a God who doesn't stand aloof in the mountaintops but comes below in the valleys and he knows your pain and he knows your hurt. Okay, and Jesus knows your heart. And he's asking that you would simply offer this prayer. Lord, I need you. One of my favorite people in the world is Mr. Rogers. And after 9-11, he did a sort of public service announcement. And he shared something that his mom taught him as as a young child. Because parents were asking Fred Rogers, how do you talk to your children about tragedy? How do you talk to them about the terrible things that they've been seeing? I think we still need to talk to our kids about that. And Mr. Rogers' counsel to parents, to us, to kids, was to say to them, always find the helpers. In every situation, there are people who are offering help and care. In the midst of the greatest difficulty, there's people who are helping. Here's the connection. There's not a single moment in my day where I'm not dependent upon someone else. I put clothing on today. Someone made this. I ate food today, a donut. It was probably, you know, it probably grew out of the ground. I think there's a donut tree. You know, that would be awesome to find now that I think about it. You know, you think about navigating life and friendships and relationships. There's so many people in our life that matter, that encourage us. Uh, Kenneth was going to do this as best as he could without distracting. And uh, he's got to go, but he also hates my sermon. Uh, that you know, He's leaving in anger, and look at him. Love you, man. Get out of here. Go do your other thing. And uh, But in each and every one of our moments, like I, I can't get through life without Kenneth in my life. I love him that much. We're not as independent as our pride makes us out to be. And there are situations in life always where we need to find people who are helping. And here's my conviction. My help comes from the Lord. And because my help comes from the Lord, he's sending people who are close to the Lord to come and be my friend and help and care for me. We are not as independent. We don't need to live as insulated of lives as we've been made to feel. We can be neighbors can listen, we can pray for one another, we can walk together. Because the Lord is our help and he is our strength. So my question today is, is do you need Psalm 121? And I think that you need it more than ever. I look in the mountains and where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord maker of heaven and earth and he promises that he's watching you 
Three times he says he's watching you. He says he's never going to sleep. God's not sleeping on the job. He's read in, he's listening, and he cares deeply for you. Where does your help come from? Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I invite you this week, today, to seek the Lord and ask him for help. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and I thank you for today. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who gave his life to help us, to give us help, help us in our sin, help us in our walk, help us in our relationships, help us in every facet of our lives to know that we are lost without you, and through your Son we are found. Lord, we thank you for today and time together. We thank you for your love for us. And we ask, God, that you continue to um, bridge the churches together, not just at Negreen United Methodist Church, but that Negreen, but with all churches, Lord, that we would be unified and point people to you, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we pray today, God, for unity and love. We pray together, God, for our walk this week, that we would know that you are our help, that you have made heaven and earth, and in you we have our comfort and our strength for each day. Lord, we're tired of living an independent and insulated life, and we know that we are dependent upon you, and you've given us friendship and love and encouragement and the people with people in this room and far beyond. Lord, thank you for life and the help that you give us. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You stand in response.